0: ESPN Radio. Arians announcing he's stepping down after three seasons in Tampa Bay. Defensive coordinator Todd Bowles being promoted to the head coaching job.
1: Bruce
2: said he had achieved everything that he wanted to as a head coach.
1: The thought of perhaps Tom Brady retiring and then having their head coach retire would have been a lot for that organization all at once.
0: Bruce Arians loves Todd Bowles, loves him. Coach Arians put this in motion even before Tom Brady made the decision to come back. Tom comes back and then he says, this is the right time to do it. ESPN Radio
2: If your Buccaneers off-season bingo card included Brady retires, unretires, and then Bruce Arians suddenly retires, ding 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 you just won, and I want to be your best friend. It's ESPN Radio, uh, hanging out with Amber Wilson. I'm Jason Fitz. For the next four hours, we'll get you caught up on everything you need to know. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and we're on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN+. Plus. Amber, we're everywhere, but we're going to go straight to some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, and it comes in the form of, oh, my God. It's like the straight talk is last night. I'm sitting on Spain and Fitz, which everybody can listen to with me and Sarah Spain, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Seamless plug. plug. Yeah, well, you know me. And, uh, you know, we're sitting there. We're having a normal show. We're getting ready. Everything's good. We're talking about the Lakers because we work for ESPN, and that's what we have to do. And then all of a sudden, bam! the news hits Bruce Arians stepping away from being the head coach for the Buccaneers he's going to take a consultant role and they immediately named Todd Bowles their head coach so uh, it was a stunning development to me and I'm sitting here looking at it saying man you had two people Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich both on your staff the offensive coordinator there that both could have been great head coaches and now all of a sudden you've had to make a quick decision
1: it's not so surprising if this had happened, you know, when Tom Brady retired the first time before he unretired. I don't think it would have been quite so shocking because you would have thought, all right. Bruce Arians, you know, he's he's going to be 70 years old this year. At some point here, he's had a very good career as a coach. Maybe he wants to transition into a front office role, spend more time at home, have a little bit easier of a schedule. We see coaches do that all the time. That wouldn't be surprising for a coach that's 69 years old. It is shocking when that coach just got back the greatest quarterback in the history of the world. And we had Bruce Arians on this show, me and Harry, Harry Douglas did, just last Friday. I, 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 this was our. Mistake mistake because I forgot to ask and I guess Harry forgot to ask hey Bruce getting up there and age a little bit you know do you, do you want to take it a little easy maybe maybe you're thinking about retiring I mean it just didn't even cross our minds that this would be a possibility when Tom Brady makes the decision to come back that Bruce Arians would make the decision to step away and I have a really hard time Jason believing those two things are not related.
2: Well, and that's the real trick here. Uh, By the way, Diana Rossini with a great article up on her uh, Twitter handle uh, uh, with a little bit of the owners meeting or or coaches in Florida and some of the sense she was getting there. I don't think any of us really could have seen this coming, but there are so many layers of this, not the least of which is the drama that that may or may not exist between Brady and Arians. Now Brady's back. I don't want to cover this like a TMZ thing, but – it sort of feels like there are times, like, I don't gravitate towards drama in general, but there are times that it's there, and when it's there, you can't do anything about it. You have to acknowledge it. And to that end, he was asked at the press conference, he being Bruce Arians, about the speculation of friction between he and Brady, and this is what he said. Get
3: your ass on the golf course, man. I'm getting broke. <laughs> uh, no, we have a great relationship. I mean, of uh, all the players who are, there are a few in here. Every one of them's gotten cussed out, right, including him. So that's just part of me, you know. So that there's nothing new, but we have a great relationship. I mean, as soon as he retired, I think we text every week. Hey, where are you at? What are you doing? When are you going to play golf? Uh, when are you getting back down this way? And uh so <laughs> people got it right. I mean, and uh it couldn't be further from the truth.
2: The problem, Amber, is that every time coaches say that, we decide as a society whether we're believing like no matter what he says we've already made up our minds. some of us on whether or not there was drama
1: well especially from that position right it's always hard to believe anything that comes out of a coach's mouth at any point because we know how protective they are of the truth and how they have they do lack transparency in that league in particular but what is he going to come out and say oh yeah Tom Tom didn't want me in this position and make Tom look like the bad guy I mean you're not going to throw Tom Brady under the bus either of your Bruce Arians and and you're going to hold your head high and you're going to transition to your new role and you're going to act like everybody's the best of friends and you saw Tom Brady with the very gracious post to Bruce Arians on social media I, I don't know what happened here I mean sir, certainly could it be I guess that Bruce Arians is just at a point in his life where he has decided that like I said he'd like to take some time off and it just happens to come after Tom Brady unretires, and he has a great relationship with Brady, but he just decides, you know what? I still just don't have it in me. This isn't enough to get me to maintain my position as head coach, I guess but it just doesn't feel like that to me Fitz I mean I just can't ignore that this didn't come sooner again if it came when Brady retired then it would have made all the sense as the timing of his life but I have a really hard time believing that it has nothing to do with Tom Brady's presence when Tom Brady is once again present when there was a period of time that he wasn't in fact present even it only lasted for 40 days so it leads me to believe that this is the making of Tom Brady I don't know if it means that Tom Brady doesn't like Bruce Arians maybe it just means that Tom Brady felt like the franchise needed a change.
2: Yeah, no, and that's some straight talk, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz, hanging out with you on ESPN radio. And it, we'll get into the Rooney Rule aspect of this in about 20 minutes. We'll figure all of that out. But there is a real question about what this means. For the organization this year, Amber, because, I like, okay, I'm uh, borrowing, air quotes, uh, a buddy's HBO Max login, right? So, like, I I, I borrowed, air quotes, that HBO Max login so that I could watch that Lakers show. I don't know if you've seen it winning time. And, you know, it's a dramatization of everything going on with that 80s Showtime Lakers thing. And there's this moment right before the season where Jerry West decides, I'm out. I can't coach. I'm not going to be the coach. I'm going to take a front office role. And one of the things that's interesting in only a few episodes is watching him struggle With the line between, well, now I'm not the coach, but I'm still an advisor and I'm sort of a consultant and I'm just hanging around the organization. I look at that and I think about what this must be like right now when you have Byron Lefwich, who was a candidate for several different jobs. You have Todd Bowles, who's been a head coach and now will take this role, but you still have Bruce Arians in the building in some sort of capacity. like That's a lot of chefs in the kitchen at once, and I don't love that for any restaurant.
1: Yeah, if you're Todd Bowles, do you want Bruce Arians part of this front office? You know, it feels like he's kind of hanging around all the time, checking on things, making sure things are still going some semblance of his way, and so I do think that maybe is an awkward position for Bowles. Now, Bowles and Arians have had a relationship for decades and decades on end, so maybe because of that personal relationship, this will in fact Work out. And it does appear that Arians was emphatic about Todd Bowles being the one to replace him. So, in that sense, then Arians did Bowles a solid. So, then of course, Bowles is going to put up with Arians' presence in the front office. I do agree with you. Typically, it would create a weird dynamic that the former coach is still hanging around. We see it in college sometimes where coaches go into advisor roles. It doesn't normally work out very well. I, I'm a Gator. We tried to do it with Urban there for a minute at Florida. It didn't go very well. And then, hey, he was miraculous like and went on to coach right. Ohio State but I digress <laughs> it normally works a little bit better where if I stick with my Florida example here Steve Steve Spreier came back years later as an advisor but he was so far removed and it had entire coaching careers in the midst of that with Bruce Arians it's immediate and so normally yes that makes things very awkward maybe it's that personal relationship though amongst all these coaches that'll keep it from being so
2: Ah, that's what you hope, but it's always a weird environment in general when you've got guys that are used to being in charge and now the roles have suddenly changed. And frankly, you've got Byron Leftwich looking around saying, okay, well, I came back to get another year with Brady, and Brady coming back to win a Super Bowl. Like, there are huge expectations for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, and the timing of all of this just makes all of that more difficult. Speaking of the timing, that's another thing that Coach Arians addressed, the timing of the news at his press conference today. This is what he said.
3: thought about it after the season, but, again, it, it wasn't right. Um, obviously, going through the combine, going through all that process, um, trying to build next year's team without Tom, but then when Tom said he'd come back, it's like like, now it's, now it's easy. Now it's easy. We're in the best shape we've ever been. Uh, it, it's a, no better time to pass the torch than now. I don't know what February brings, all right? But I know what today brings, and it makes me really happy.
2: That, that, for me, is only difficult because no time better for Coach Arians, maybe. But for Todd Bowles, he now takes over a team where he didn't get to decide on the staff. He doesn't get to decide how anything's going to be done within the context of, of how they're getting ready for the draft. What does he want stylistically? Who does he want this team to be like? All of those are real conversations that usually happen between an organization and a coach as they get ready to move forward into whatever's next. And now Bowles essentially just inherits whatever he's handed the meal and said, "Hey, you got to cook with this." I think uh, I, Amber, I think that's a little more complicated than just saying the timing's right.
1: I don't know if it's quite as bad as that because at least he was there; he was involved. It's not like he's coming in for. From- the outside so presumably he was involved in some of these offseason decisions but to Bruce Arians point the real offseason decision here was enter Tom Brady and then when Tom Brady comes back everybody else comes back you know like this is Tom Brady's team to build once he unretires and he did just that and so I guess what Bruce Arians is saying is I didn't want to leave my organization when they were down and out when they just lost the greatest quarterback in the history of the game and then also they're going to simultaneously lose their head coach but once I knew that other guy was back then I felt comfortable stepping away it's a nice story maybe there's truth to it I see again I have a hard time believing though that this doesn't have more to do with Tom Brady's wishes
2: she's Amber Wilson I'm Jason Fitz how does all of this impact the Bucks as title contenders we'll get some local expertise on that in a second but first when a part of your offense isn't firing on all cylinders it shows maybe it's a drop ball maybe you just can't work your way down the field when that happens the only solution is to replace that part with something better. It's the same with your car. But unlike in sports, a new batch of car parts can't be drafted every year. That's why eBay Motors exists. They have all the right parts with the right prices. In fact, eBay Motors has 122 million parts. I'm not great at math, but that feels like a lot. 122 million, that's more fingers and toes. I can't count that high. That way you can get the parts you need to make your car, car a winner. All you got to do is go to ebaymotors.com. Let's ride.
0: Bruce Arians announcing he's stepping down. Defensive coordinator Todd Bowles being promoted to the head coaching job. Tom Brady prefers the structured
3: disciplinarian. Todd Bowles can probably do a little bit more structured than Bruce Arians.
2: It was certainly shocking at a national level. The question is how shocking was it in Tampa? It's ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz hanging out with you. And we're going to get some Tampa expertise from Ronnie Lane. You can check him out on Ronnie and Tcrass on 620 WDAE in Tampa. Follow him on Twitter at Ronnie, N-T-L. Ronnie, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. How shocked were you to hear this news yesterday?
0: Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. And I was surprised but not shocked. And I'll tell you why I wasn't shocked. Because I think Bruce Arians wanted to retire. It's just me. After the Super Bowl win, Super Bowl 55 a couple of years ago in Tampa, that would have been a perfect time to exit stage left. Decided not to because Jason Light and some other folks talked to him, said, look, we're going to get the band back together. I know we've got all these free agents out here. They ended up doing something that hadn't been done in a long time and re-signed every single one of the starters. So he's like, well, why not go for two in a row? All right, so it didn't happen. They came close. And then the thing that really surprised me was Brady's just sudden retirement. Now, that to me is puzzling. I still don't know what happened there. I don't know if any of us are ever going to find out why he decided to retire so quickly. I did not think he was coming back. So I, again, was surprised, but again, not shocked. With Brady, I guess uh, (laughs) almost anything goes, right? So I don't know how you guys feel, but that's how I feel.
1: So, you mentioned there, Ronnie, that you thought he was going to retire and then the band came back together, so he wanted to run it back. But the band came back together again, right? I mean, for the most part, it's the same team the as part. the team. You know, for the most part, I guess we're still waiting on some pieces here, and I don't know what Gronk's doing. But so, it, what do we make of that with the timing and him waiting until after Tom Brady unretires? I think you know what I'm getting at here, Ronnie. It, it looks strange.
0: It does it looks strange particularly from the outside it looks strange to us on the inside we're like well what the hell is going on here why is this happening right now and I I hate the old cliche if it's you know it looks too good to be true but I think really in my heart of hearts with the way he is and how dead set he is about creating diversity as far as hiring practices in the National Football League I think he said to himself I can be an example and started myself right here in Tampa Because when I talked to him after the Super Bowl win or no, after this season was over, the failure of this season, I asked him, are you surprised that either one of your coordinators, you know, Byron Leftwich or Todd Bowles did not get a head coaching job. He goes, head coaching job. He goes, I'm not surprised. I'm pissed off about it. I don't understand what's going on here. I don't know why good people can't, cannot get hired in this league. So, To me, that says a lot. And he had the most diverse coaching staff ever in the national football league with 11 minorities, including two women. So he is a real staunch supporter of that.
2: We're talking to Ronnie Lane. You can check him out on 620 WDAE in Tampa. It's ESPN Radio. I'm Jason Fitz hanging out with Amber Wilson. And, you know, you mentioned Bulls and Leftwich. Did they get the right guy to be the head coach then?
0: I think so, because Todd Bowles has experience as a head coach, as you guys know, with the New York Jets. It didn't work out. I mean, one winning season in four seasons, but look what he had to work with. Not that I'm trying to slam the New York Jets in that organization, but you know how he goes in the National Football League. The head coach goes as the quarterback goes. If you don't have a good quarterback, you ain't going to make it. It's that simple, and obviously Todd Bowles now has the best quarterback, the greatest quarterback of all time. He's got that very talented roster, the bulk of it coming back. So he set up for success instead of failure. I don't know what that what that was in in Houston with you know Coach Cully. I mean, that guy didn't have a chance. He didn't have a prayer to be successful there. So if you're gonna hire a minority, don't hire him to fail. Hire them with a chance to succeed. And I think that's what Arians was thinking when he made this move to turn things. So he's still gotta be there. He told the players in the, in the text that he sent to them, I'm sure you guys have seen that, hey, look, I'm going to be around. I'm still going to be around to cuss you out from time to time if I have to.
1: So let's talk about that for a second, Ronnie, because Fitz and I were having that conversation before you came on air that typically that would make things maybe a little awkward. Like if you're Todd Bowles, do you want Bruce Arians still hanging around while you're now trying to institute your own system and your own culture there in Tampa? What do you think the relationship is going to be between Arians and Bowles and Lefwich and and Brady?
0: I think it's still going to be very solid. Now, look, I wasn't able to attend the press conference that they just held at, the Advent health training center at one buck place, but my producer was there and I just got off the phone with him before you guys called. And I said, man, what was the mood? What was the feeling there? Cause I had a TV gig to do, so I couldn't make it over. And he said, it's unbelievable, man. It's like, everybody's on the same page here. He goes, if they're trying to pull one on us, they're doing a great job with it. He goes, I didn't, and I didn't notice any tension in the room whatsoever. Brady was actually there. So I don't know. I, I hear what people are saying. There has to be another reason for these for the timing of this. The timing is really weird for Arians to just step down and hand it over to Todd Bowles. And you guys heard Todd Bowles says he didn't know until Monday. But obviously, uh, talking to people there, my producer said that they knew ahead of time, they knew a couple of weeks ago that this was going to happen.
2: Does any of this change your outlook for the Buccaneers this season?
0: No, not at all, just because of the talented roster they have. And, again, they're in the NFC now. They're playing a very tough schedule. They're playing a first-place schedule. So I do not expect them to win 13 or 14 games, maybe 12 games. But that's going to be good enough to get by in the NFC South. Their only challenge is going to come from the New Orleans Saints. And I don't know what they have there without Sean Payton. They've got some talented pieces on offense, a really good defense coming back but I'm, I'm not so sure that offense is going to be as efficient as it was when it was run by Sean Payton.
2: You guys can follow him on Twitter, at RonnieNTL. Listen to him on 620 WDAE in Tampa on Ronnie and Tcrass. Ronnie Lane, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate your insights.
0: My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Have a-
2: I know you guys want to chime in, and you can. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you get in on the fun with Amber and I. In the meantime, a massive signing has come down in the NFL that will impact one division rival. Just got better by way of a division rival. It's crazy. This is chaos. It's happening everywhere. Plus, how does the Bulls hire comply with the Rooney Rule? The answer is more complicated than you think. We'll tell you about it next. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Jason Fitcher, hanging out with us on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. CSPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz hanging out with you. We're also on the ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. And of course, ESPN Plus, where you can always check out my sweet, sweet dance moves. Uh, full Muppet, you know, just full. Full going for it, Amber. This is. I was thinking that what
1: you were putting down. Yeah,
2: well, thanks. You know, like nobody, nobody looks like he should have been a Muppet quite like this guy. Uh, breaking news in the NFL because it's a day that ends in Y, and this is a big signing. Former Seahawks Pro Bowl linebacker Bobby Wagner signing a five-year, fifty million dollars deal worth up to sixty-five million with. The Los Angeles Rams, that according to our own Adam Schefter, Wagner staying in the NFC West. And, you know, there's a couple of different points to this, Amber. Number one is this is one of those things that fans know is possible, and it just always breaks your heart. Like, I, I, I root for players to go out and get theirs every ounce of theirs as a, as a Raiders fan. I have one team that I love, one team that I root for, one team that rules my soul. And when guys play for that team, I root for them to the end of the earth. And then you realize when they don't play for that team, they're going to go play wherever they can get theirs. But this is part of the economics of the NFL that sometimes drives everybody up a wall because I love that Bobby Wagner's getting his. It's a double kick to the no-no places if you're a Seahawks fan and you now realize that not only is your legend gone, but he's playing for the Rams.
1: He is playing for the Rams, which is exactly where I thought he'd be playing – who he'd be playing for right when he left Seattle. And there was the whole story about how Bobby Wagner found out that his time in Seattle was done on social media with the rest of us. And he was, of course, very upset about that. And so the way the organization handled this situation with Bobby Wagner is not absent from criticism, but really what it came down to here is they were trading away Russell Wilson. We know essentially that they're kind of in rebuild mode. It didn't make sense for them to have to pay him what he was going to garner on an open market and you're seeing that here with this deal i mean bobby wagner's Price tag is very hefty, well earned over already a very long career, 10 seasons that he spent with the Seattle Seahawks, but that's just kind of how business works, unfortunately in the NFL. You're right, for the Seahawks fan, I'm sure this is not where they wanted Bobby Wagner to end up, but the familiarity that the Rams have with Wagner, because they're used to facing him multiple times every year, three times in 2020. I mean, Sean McVay even spoke on that, that that was a part of course of their interest in Bobby Wagner was how intimately they are familiar with his work Uh, on the other side of things when they did not want to be all of those years that he was in Seattle. He also visited places like the Ravens last week, but it always felt like to me, the Rams were the perfect fit for Bobby Wagner. My question was, how were the Rams going to be able to to afford him? Because I don't understand where all this money is always coming from for these Los Angeles Rams, right? But then you think about it and you think, okay, well, they haven't re-signed OBJ. And so maybe that all of a sudden just got less likely. Obviously, they they moved on from Von Miller. And so they did have a little space here, not a ton. And then I'm sure they structured their, this deal around that. So, hey, the rich keep getting richer, more offseason moves here for the Rams when it comes to bona fide vets. That's not a team that builds through the draft and they continue to do it.
2: Well, and she's Amber Wilson. I'm Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. And and your point is such a a great one regarding the money side of it. Like, we've all got that friend. And for years, I had one buddy that was just in a mountain of debt and all, like, couldn't... It took three credit cards to, to get his gas. Like, that sort of, like under a mountain of debt and then every once in a while you'd see him out there just drinking a bottle of wine and it'd be like hey man like maybe maybe we skip the uh maybe we skip the expensive wine and he's like yeah you know you figure out the things you got to figure out like the there there is this moment this element for me with the salary cap in the nfl where we use it as a crutch why players shouldn't get paid as fans because we're always worried about our own and then we turn around uh, organizations at time will use it as a well we couldn't retain his services because we couldn't afford it and then you have the rams over here saying ah The draft really isn't all that big a deal. Let's just spend all of our money. Now, it's going to take several years to know what the repercussions of this strategy are. But if I'm a Rams fan, I love every second of it because my team continues to double down on the concept of go in to do whatever you have to do to make your team better today. The Rams are going to continue to be aggressive, adding to their team today because they're in a Super Bowl window. So they don't care about long term. They care about right now. I, I don't understand how they're making it work, but I love it.
1: You mortgage your future if it pays off, right? I mean, we see it all all across sports, and it's always worth it if you actually win the championship. And they already won the championship. They already got that out of the way. But you're right. They're in a window here where they can easily do it again. You saw them extend their quarterback. Why not spend the big money now? Keep doing what has worked for them. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. All those old cliches. This is more of the same from the Rams that we've been seeing from them. But it has absolutely worked to get the Rams where they are. There's no point in deviating from your plan. now, I do think it's interesting. Will this have some ramifications? Like I said, uh, not bringing back OBJ is kind of an interesting thing here this offseason that we haven't really been talking about. Uh, obviously, he's coming off of an injury, but he is a receiver that that should have a market even coming off of an injury. And so will Stafford miss any of those, you know, weapons that he had around him? I mean, it's possible this looks a little bit different than it looked last season, but Bobby Wagner is a huge get For this Rams team, a huge get.
2: Well, and I think the weapons conversation is is a really good one. Right now, according to OverTheCap.com, they had about $8.8 million in total cap space Mm -hmm. coming in. Now, they've got to save enough money to the side to sign their draft picks. We all know that. Also, you know, designating things after June 1st, you can sort of get around some of the money. Uh, money will free up for teams depending on who they cut, when they cut, and how they cut them. I mean, the, 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 the salary
1: is- cap means nothing, Fitz, right? When you're looking at this, because I looked up the same thing, this $8 million, and then you're seeing, you know, 50-plus for Bobby Wagner, it's wild in the NFL. It is wild. If there is a will, there is a way. That is, how, that is, I think, what we've learned when it comes to these salary cap sports.
2: Well, and, and where the obligation comes, because I think one really smart thing that you said a second ago, Amber Wilson, by the way, hanging out with Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, you were talking about the fact that they already won a Super Bowl. Like, so going all in already worked now what is the great question and i i really wondered what that now what looks like because i i would argue that there are certain teams that have more pressure to win right now when you're in a market like la that has so many options for your entertainment dollar you don't really have the opportunity to go in and say hey guys we're going to build over time like that's not going to work in LA you got to win you got to win right now you got to be aggressive especially when you're a team that's new to a city so i think the the chargers the rams the raiders are all under pressure to win now because you're trying to build generational roots that will continue to grow fans for years and years to come you can rebuild In 10 years, you can't rebuild today. But I was genuinely curious about if a Super Bowl would mean that they pulled a little bit off of of just constantly keeping the pedal down uh, all the way to the floor. And this is an indication that, no, like, they were aggressive in signing a player that makes them better while at the same time they can just dangle that carrot right in the face of one of their biggest rivals. Like, that's that's a huge win. If he goes anywhere else and he gets paid— we shake our heads and we say, okay, that makes sense. But when he stays within the same division and does it at the same time on a team that just won the Super Bowl, now you're looking at it saying, in an NFC that isn't particularly predictable or particularly great, why not the Rams to repeat from the NFC side? Like, this, this keeps them at the top of the mountain to me.
1: Absolutely. I mean, he was at mainstay of the middle of Seattle's defense for so many years, and we all remember how good that defense once was. I mean, Bobby Wagner right now was, before this signing, the best free agent out there that was left this offseason. So this is a huge piece for the Rams to continue to build in this way to your point, to continue to get better. And that's what you need your team to do, to capitalize on a window here for winning championships, plural, because you can't just say, hey, you know what? We had enough last last season, so we'll definitely have enough again. Everybody else has improved this offseason, and so the Rams saw their opportunity here to improve as well. They have to win now. They have a quarterback in his mid-30s. This isn't going to last forever. I mean, maybe he's on that TB12 plan, and <laughs> I mean, who, who knows these days, right? We're about to talk about Tom Brady again, and, and the man's apparently never going to stop playing, but with Matt Stafford, you assume here that the window is is only so long, and so the window for winning is right now. I I love what the Rams are doing here because there's different approaches, like you said, with different teams and different organizations, but the way that the Rams have done it has been working. You spend the big money. You bring in the bona fide vets. You don't get more bona fide vet than Bobby Wagner.
2: Yeah, and also I'll add one other layer to your point about the win now mentality. It wasn't that long ago going into the Super Bowl that there were rumors that Sean McVay might decide that, he wants to go home and raise a family or maybe get into TV. And so, like, when you are in that window, I don't I don't care what you have to do. When you look around and you say, yeah, we have the pieces here to be a Super Bowl contender. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I don't care what any of us think they should be doing. You look around in that window. You have an obligation for your franchise right there. Like, we forget sometimes as a media how difficult it is to win a Super Bowl. And when you have a shot at one of those Man, you you push all the chips in the middle. You go in because you never know. Even a young Sean Sean McVay could decide tomorrow he just doesn't want to coach anymore. Well,
1: especially with the money that we see flying around uh, our jobs, right? Flying around broadcast. I wish it was our jobs specifically, but I just mean the – the, uh, ind- I can't speak for you, I just mean the industry. Uh, generally, oh, you can speak
2: You can, You can. can speak loudly for me on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. right, right. I, <laughs> I, I figured
1: we were probably on the same page there, but yeah, so, some people in our industry anyways, and so yes, of course, if you can make more money in broadcasting if you're a former coach, then you can in actual coaching, and it's a, a heck of a lot easier in terms of schedule and in terms of preparation and everything involved, then I can completely understand why a coach, even as young as Sean McVay, at some point steps away to go make the big money in broadcasting and then Maybe even eventually comes back because we know those people are competitive beyond all reason. And so a lot of the times they end up missing it even when they step away for some period of time. But Sean, you're only 36. Give us a little time before you come after all of our jobs.
2: Look, I'm just saying, at 36, if somebody offered me that kind of money to work less, uh, at 44, if somebody offers me that kind of money to work less, I'm taking all of it. Again, this is all on the heels of the big news, according to our own Adam Schefter, Seahawks, former Seahawks Pro Bowl linebacker Bobby Wagner. Now with the Los Angeles Rams, and that's by way of a five-year, $50 million deal worth up to $65 million. He will stay in the NFC West. So that's a lot of conversation about the NFC West, but we've been talking all day about the NFC overall because of the shocking news that Bruce Arians is no longer the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The question is, how does the Todd Bowles hire comply with the Rooney Rule? The answer to that question is not as simple as you think, and we'll tell you what it is next. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz, hanging out with you on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. We're Wilson, Jason, Fitz, hanging out with you on ESPN, and uh, a lot of conversation about the Patriots. Patriots fans might be frustrated. Well, not the, they're not the only ones. Owner Robert Kraft had this to say about his frustration with his team.
0: More than anything, it it bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game in the last three years. I'm a big fan of Mac Jones. I think you see how hard he works and he wants everything to go right, and he puts the time and energy, and his personality is a team guy, so we have a chance. Because without a good coach and a good quarterback, no matter how good the other players are, I don't think you can win consistently. And I think Bill has a unique way of doing things. You know, it's worked out pretty well up to now so it doesn't sometimes look straight line to our fans and or to myself but i'm results
2: oriented now hold my beer three years no playoff when i'm really crying for hey, you there three bob
1: whole years how does he do it you know i uh, imagine everybody else in his division and how long they have been waiting to be good again three years me oh my robert here's Kraft.
2: The, yeah i know but here's the thing amber like i don't think they're a playoff team this year i mean they're, they're not going to win their division the bills are so now they're going to be fighting for a wild card and when you start talking about fighting for a wild card They'd have to be better than the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Colts. Uh, I mean, the the Steelers, the Browns, I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm not sure they're even a top 10 team in the AFC.
1: The AFC is completely brutal and everyone else has improved. The Patriots haven't done anything this offseason. That's also been really, really strange. I mean, I understand that we're looking for Mac Jones to take a leap here in year two. And he looked good and, and he looked good in Bill Belichick's system for most of the season. Not all of it. Listen, he was a rook, right? We, we Definitely saw cracks there in his game, but he looked good. And so do you believe that he could be maybe the second best quarterback in that division? Fine, that's not saying a ton. Who's he competing with? Tua and Zach Wilson. Everyone else in that division's unproven as well, other than Josh Allen. But I'm with you. I mean, not only did I not have any confidence that they were gonna make even the playoffs last season, but now they haven't done anything to take that next step really this offseason. They've just been kind of sitting idly by. So I'm not sure they're a playoff team either, with how much everybody else in the AFC has improved
2: yeah we've watched the rest of the afc get better and by the way you can't sit there and tell everybody that josh mcdaniels is a brilliant offensive mind that means so much to your team lose him and have it mean nothing so uh, frankly they they have to take a step back a little bit there from a coaching standpoint too i don't think the patriots have gotten any better the rest of the conference absolutely has so uh, sorry you're frustrated bob but you know gonna keep happening that way also love that i get to call him bob we're on a first name basis like that (laughs)
1: ESPN Radio.
2: It's ESPN Radio. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Jason Fitz. We're hanging out with you also on the ESPN app, Series XM channel lady. And of course, ESPN plus the big news today, Bruce Arians, no longer the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's decided to step down and in the process of deciding to step down, uh, the Todd Bowles, the former defensive coordinator has been named the new head coach and it raises a question about the Rooney rule. Now, uh, a lot of conversations happened this year about the Rooney rule, but this one's different because, Amber, it should be noted that a minority was hired. So we would think success for the Rooney rule. But I would argue that even in success for the Rooney rule, the rule itself has proven yet again to be unsuccessful because as Adam Schefter pointed out last night, the Bucks were not subject to the requirements of the Rooney Rule since their coaching vacancy occurred after March 1st when much of the talent pool in which the club would seek out potential candidates is largely unavailable. So uh, also the anti-tampering policy says that after March 1st, clubs are under no obligation to grant permission for a coach under contract to interview. So they complied because they didn't have to comply, essentially. But there's another part of this, and, and you're a lawyer, so i, I got to get your thoughts on this, like, the loophole here to me says, if I've got a coach and I want to replace him with anybody that's not a minority that's already on my roster, I don't want to have to deal with the ruin. Why not just wait until my coach retires after March 1st every year and then just bam, like wait till Sean Payton retires after March 1st, put Dennis Allen in right after that. Don't have to interview anybody.
1: Well, the reality is that I didn't know this loophole existed and I don't think most of us did because what coach waits until after March 1st to retire? I mean, that's what's so strange about the timing of what Bruce Arians did here, where if you're Todd Bowles, you said it earlier. I mean, he's kind of hamstringing him in a way because Todd Bowles didn't have the opportunity here for the last couple months to work on the off-season plan that typically the predecessor would be able to work on. Now, because he's still on your staff, sure, he's still got involvement. And so to your point, could we see it again? Yes, but it is unusual that you would have any coach decide to retire after March 1st, and then turn the keys to the kingdom over. Because, of course, that is hampering uh, the next guy who comes in and wants to actually institute his system in an offseason when now most of your best free agents are off the board and when a lot of your best coaching candidates have already been hired, of course, for other jobs and other coordinator jobs as well. So it, it would be weird timing uh, for this to come, in, uh, come up often. Jason to put it mildly but it does exist this loophole and I I did find that interesting because I had no idea this loophole did exist now like you said there a minority was hired here and essentially it wasn't really the Rooney rule working because the Rooney rule had nothing to do with Todd Bowles being hired I mean they didn't interview anybody for the job and so that's where you could see this loophole becoming a problem in the future is that they didn't have to interview anybody else. They didn't have to consider anybody else. And so what could that lead to down the road? Uh, it's a really interesting conversation and not one that I guess is, has made an appearance before.
2: My old entertainment attorney, uh, he's not old. He's, he's wonderfully young. But my the, the entertainment attorney I had when I was in that business always uh, reminded me that contracts are made for worst case scenarios and so when you sit down and you sign a record deal and a record deal says that this is the uh, uh, the domain of this is anywhere in the universe uh, do they really think you're going to go to Mars and make a record no but they're preparing themselves for the worst case scenario that if there's ever travel to Mars you can't put music out there without paying a record label that's a real thing in record deals so I look at contracts from such a worst case scenario situation and you're right that the this isn't something any of us knew existed or most of us knew existed as a loophole but also now that I see it I mean we just had a conversation about you never know if Sean McVay could decide to step away from the game so if I'm an organization and my coach wants to quit and I got the guy in the building I want I don't want to go through the Rooney rule all I got to do is sit down with everybody at the end of the season and say okay Sean's going to be in charge until after March 1st. And after March 1st, he'll quietly step away. And when he does that, we'll hand everything over. So we'll do everything as a unit until then. We'll hire the guys you want, and we'll just grandfather this job over. Like, that's the worst-case scenario. But how does Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, a former attorney, not see the potential for a worst-case scenario?
1: Well, maybe he does. And, and so maybe that this loophole exists for some other reason or to make things, I guess, easier on clubs with like a swifter change, so to speak, after a certain point when the coaching pool of candidates has dwindled so much. I don't know what the purpose of this exception would have been at its inception, but certainly it has Rooney rule ramifications. And maybe that wasn't something that was considered when they created this exception.
2: Yeah, that's, this is one of those moments where the NFL gets lucky because they can learn from it, and hopefully they can fix it so that it's not abused later in the future. Also, we learned I'm super cynical. How do the Bucks' coaching changes impact the future of Tom Brady with the organization? We'll answer that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.